May peace be with you. If you stick around at the end, there's more information about our community and how to find us. And now, here's this week's Centering Scripture, followed by the sermon. Take a lesson from the ant, you who love leisure and ease. Observe how it works and dare to be just or as wise. It has no boss, no one laying down the law or telling it what to do. Yet it gathers its food through summer and takes what it needs from the harvest. And from Matthew, I also tell you this, your name is now Rock. And on bedrock like this, I will build my community, and the jaws of death will not prevail against it. Thank you both. God bless the spirit moving here today. So as we gather to explore these passages, I'm going to invite us to remember that our faith is one of inclusivity. We spoke of this this morning, where the divine speaks to us in ways that resonate with our hearts. And the ants, in this lesser-known Proverbs text, diligently working without a ruler, reminds us of the importance of responsibility, foresight, and stewardship. Just as the ant prepares for the future, so too must we tend our own lives and the lives of those around us. And that rock upon which Christ declared he would build his church, from the words of Matthew, symbolized that strong foundation of our faith. It's a foundation that embraces diversity, recognizing that every stone is unique, yet essential to the structure. Just as Christ entrusted Peter and his apostles flawed and human beings who would certainly do it differently than him to be the cornerstone. We, too, are entrusted with continuing the task of building a compassionate and just world. So as we gather and explore the wisdom of Proverbs and the vision of Matthew, seeking inspiration and guidance as we navigate the evolving landscape of creating the kingdom of the divine here on earth, in a world that is ever-changing, I believe we are called to honor the past, embrace the present, and build a future where all are valued and included. Now, with Labor Day looming, I want to give a shout out to the working class in 2023, whom we see, or whom we can see as the embodiment of these passages and the challenges that they face. Our modern day ants working tirelessly to provide for their families, toiling often without the recognition that they deserve in a world marked by uncertainty and rapid change. They They are the living stones that form the foundation of our society. The working class, the Uber drivers, the fast food workers, the technicians behind the scenes, who make sure that all of those screens work well that we always interact with all day. Too often overlooked, yet carry the weight of economic shifts, technological advancements, 
and social transformations. I believe it's our calling to stand in solidarity with them, acknowledging their labor and advocating for fair wages, safe working conditions, equal opportunities, just as Christ built his church on a foundation of love, we are called to build a world where justice flows like a mighty river. Now, the book of Proverbs is full of some of those oldest, those oldest wisdom teachings that have been recorded. And today's passage encourages us to glean wisdom from the smallest of creatures, the ants, just as they gather or distribute food in due season, we too have seasons of our lives with different responsibilities and needs. I remember during our former senior pastor's installation, I asked a former colleague of his who was present that day, what should I know about working with this guy who would be my new senior pastor? And I was told, He's a workhorse. And indeed, for five years, our community benefited from his labor, both in the office, developing new structures for communications, on our grounds as we began the task of restoring and revitalizing our land to a native habitat, and our worship, which utilized a progressive theological eye that said, all are welcome here not just Christians, and recognizing the hurt that so many in our world have from Christians or from the church. Recognizing that intentionally our language and our practices here were set to become welcoming and inclusive, often at the cost of much tradition. And we grew and we sustained even as many of our beloved matriarchs and patriarchs joined that great cloud of witness. This community has changed a great deal since I began serving it six years ago. Can you believe it's been six years, y'all? <laughs> but much of that, much of that is owed to y'all's work and the work that our long-term members have been doing. Dear long-term members, you are appreciated, but here's that tough come-to-Jesus moment. One that, honestly, I have trouble hearing myself, so I'm going to say it, and I hope y'all will help me hear it too. Y'all dear long-term members got a boost from a workhorse for the past five years. And he's not here to give us that boost anymore. And much of that work that y'all have started and continued, that he has aided and boosted and contributed to, is becoming more, work, more difficult now. And I could have used the Ecclesiastes text here today too, right? For all things there is a season, because a season of great development and work is behind us. We've come through that. We've done so much together. And this season, without that workhorse to guide our plows, perhaps this is one for gathering in, 
instead and preparing for a cold winter. Now, much like the word Christian can be prickly these days, so can the term baby boomer. Amen? (laughs) So I'm going to open this up and invite anyone here to hear this call. Not just the baby boomers of our congregation, but as seasons progress, you have served this church and the kingdom of God well. You have. Hear that. Know that. Feel that. Your diligent work has built, grown, sustained our community and the work of justice and peace for decades. Pushing forward the eternal work of developing the kingdom of God on our earth. And as hard as it may be, as you step out of the workforce outside of these walls, perhaps even stepping out of many of the ministries that you have served here faithfully for decades that have been life-giving and sustaining. Remember that your contributions and experiences continue to inspire and guide us even with your presence alone. For those who knew her, Fran Bell, was a constant source of joy and love. That was all she needed to do to let us know that we were going to be okay and we were loved. She made the world a better place and brought the kingdom into being, not by being on a committee, not by leading an initiative, but by simply being present and bursting with God's welcome and inclusive love. That was enough. But some of us are still in the laboring season, and this is the joy of church where all generations come together because some of us are still in that nine-to-five grind. And Matthew 16, 18 helps me explore the call for the builders of the kingdom. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus declares that on Peter's faith, that rock, he would build the church. Jesus knew others would have to continue the work, that he would be unable to do the work forever, that his time was coming and that that was okay and right and good. So tirelessly, day in and day out, he did all he could to share his moral and inspiring stories, to invite others into the work. Nay, nay, call others into the work. Sometimes really aggressively so. Because he knew that sometimes, when people don't know how to do the stuff, they really need a kick in the pants to come and join up. A personal invitation. And he never let them off the hook when they didn't get it just right but shared that insight, those experiences, knowing that they were the ones to continue the work. Because yes, as seasons change, we find millennials and Gen Xers are the rocks upon which the kingdom of God continues to be constructed today. That torch has been passed to us, whether we know it 
want it or even feel empowered to do so, shaping and molding a community that mirrors love, inclusivity, and justice is our work. Just as the church has evolved over time, so too, I believe, must we evolve to ensure that everyone is seen and heard and valued. How can we make room at the table of leadership for leaders who do not have the same schedules or flexibility or even commitments that the church has rested on for so many decades? I don't know. I'm asking the question here. I see it, but I'm asking the question, how do we do this? I do know that we must actively seek new leadership for our ministries or have faith that in letting them go, we invite the Holy Spirit to resurrect them anew for a new time and a new culture. As our church continues to build an inclusive kingdom, the beauty of diversity is a gift. We affirmed that earlier in the service, but now when it's like, oh, but my ministry, that needs to be done this way, that's a harder pill to swallow. Our generations are different, and this here, this church, is one of the few places where we all gather as equals. It is a beautiful gift. When children have adults and grandparents in their lives who aren't a part of their family, but I have a hundred people saying, yeah, go, we love you. That's an amazing gift to a young person. And I don't know about you, but when I see a little kid running around, I, I remember what it's like to run around. I can't run around like that anymore. <laughs> and I have two of them. <laughs> but your generation, and I'm speaking directly to baby boomers at this point, I recognize you are equipped with a deep sense of proprietary and a moral certainty that has empowered you for decades. That is a gift. My generation has a deep sense of interconnectedness and is poised to tear down the walls that divide us and erect bridges of unity. Maybe, if we like feel like we may, maybe we can, but maybe we're kind of imposters and we can't do it. You see where like we can work together here? Because together, if we can embrace the differences that make us unique, we can weave a tapestry of belonging as beautiful as the one in our garden court that we wove together about six years ago, where we can find new ways to be at peace and labor together to build this kingdom together with our innate understanding of global connectivity. We hold the power to amplify the cries of the marginalized, the ones that older generations want to serve so deeply. As builders, we nurture empathy and compassion. Let our actions and advocacy speak volumes, ensuring that justice flows like that mighty river through our community. For this is where we practice. This is where we practice kindness, inclusion, and open-heartedness for people with different agendas than our own. 
different schedules than our own, different visions than our own. We meet them every day outside those walls, right? Amen? And yet here, we all agree we're on the same team, even though we have different ways of seeing things and doing things and prioritizing things. Here we practice the work that then we can try to perform out there. So how can we continue to build the kingdom together? Where is the Spirit calling us next? Because to build a kingdom that reflects the values of our progressive faith, we must be willing to embrace change. That kind of comes hand in hand with embracing diversity, right? We need not fear the uncharted territories, for in our hands the legacy of love is safeguarded. When we ground ourselves in that transcendent, eternal love. So let us be courageous in questioning the status quo. Not only in our world out there, but in our world here. Let our actions be a testament to the boundless possibilities that lie ahead. Because the, the fields are easy to tend when the horses are strapped to the plow. But when they are gone, what are we to tend to but our own spirits? And put faith that there are other horses in other fields doing good work to feed the town when we have fed the town for decades. Beloved, we are in a continuous cycle of growth, nurturing, and transformation within the kingdom of the divine. Once more, to our honored baby boomers, your legacy is secured as you step into new rhythms of life. I promise. Who could ever forget Fran and her legacy of love? We can build similar legacies right here. To our rising millennials and aloof Gen Xers, the mantle is passed. For who else will be the architects of tomorrow's kingdom in a decade? As we stand at this crossroads of change, lamenting that our workhorses have gone, or perhaps resolved to keep working until we drop, let us remember that we are one community, bound by the threads of love and shared purpose, even if we do those activities differently. Let us look up and see each other and not drop our heads down and just continue plowing fields without a horse at the front of our plow. The ants teach us to gather and share in due season and Jesus reminds us to build upon the rock of faith, faith in others. Faith that we will not always be around to control what happens next and that it should never look the same from one generation to the next. With these lessons in mind, let us journey forward together, continuing to develop the kingdom that stands as a beacon of light and love and hope for all. May we honor the past, embrace the present, and build a future where the language of our souls sings in harmony with the divine.
where peace and hope, joy and love abound. Amen, 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 and may it be so. As a church located on Lakota land in Minnetonka, Minnesota, St. Luke is a joyful, inclusive, intergenerational, and compassionate community on a spiritual journey seeking to do justice, make peace, and to walk humbly with God. We invite you to join us live for virtual worship each Sunday morning on Facebook or YouTube, or by following the worship links on our website, stluke.mn. Thanks for listening. May you go in peace.